1: Hello, welcome to Socially Savvy, broadcasting live from Matthew's Winery in Woodinville Wine Country. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, L.B. Duchess, and joining me today is Brenton Webster from Shindig, Bon Sebastian. and I don't even know the whole list of what you do. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and we have Jeff Otis of Matthew's Winery here with me today. Oh, mic, on. turn it on. <laughs>
0: it nice to be
2: here.
1: <laughs> and I was surprised um, we have Brian here as well.
2: The, the least good-looking of the four of us. Oh, uh, I would not say that, that at
1: all. <laughs> the
3: Otis brothers, we have two of them. We
1: have the Otis brothers. I'm it's, shocked. Uh, I we're, thought I was a privilege right
3: now. Yeah, it's that you see them both in the same location.
1: Well, that's what I was going to say. I was surprised that I, when we were talking, it was like, you know, tag team. One of you guys was going to make it, and the other one's going to be taking care of real life stuff. So it's good to see both yeah, of you. Yeah, good to
2: both be here. Whenever you open up bottles of wine, chances are one or more Otis's will magically
1: appear.
2: <laughs> <laughs> like that's, a genie. I
1: was going to say, it's like a genie. And it it's, well, I think that's what makes Washington so fabulous. You know, when we are very friendly, I think, in part because of the wine we drink. That's just impossible. possible. I would think so. Um, so feel free to join in the conversation today by calling 323-843-6090. We're sitting here at um, Matthew's Winery. I absolutely love this location. You guys have been here for, I don't know, how long?
0: So the winery's been here since 1993. Okay. Actually, we were one of the original seven wineries in Woodinville. Now there's over 100.
3: It's um, crazy. Which is
0: yeah, just outstanding. It's fun to be a part of that kind of a atmosphere and that type of growth. Uh, but, yeah, there's eight acres here kind of in between Hollywood Schoolhouse area and downtown Woodendale where, like, McDonald's, Albertson. And uh, our family has been involved with Matthews since 2004. Wow. Uh, we became part owners in 2008 and then as of last year, now uh, own the winery outright.
1: Yoo-hoo. It's a family affair. It is fantastic. Yeah. It is fantastic. Good time. Well, I know that, of course, as is uh, typical of our show, we start off every on-air with an on-air wine tasting. So tell us a little bit about where this beautiful white that is sitting in front of us.
2: We're tasting the 2012 Sauvignon Blanc. Uh, it comes from two really great vineyards over, one called Stillwater Creek and the other called Sagemore. Uh mm. it was housed in stainless steel and barrels for about five months and we made approximately just over 500 cases of this wine. It's 100% uh, Sauvignon Blanc in 2012, which is a warmer year uh, for Washington. So what you get out of it is a lot of tropical nose some great acid like you'll get typically in Washington wine, but the Sauvignon Blanc uh, here is, you know, there's really three, uh, and some of your listeners are, may, may, you know, t- take, uh, take up arms against this, there's really, really three <laughs> well-known areas for Sauvignon Blanc in the world. Uh, you get uh, Sauvignon Blanc from France and through Sancerre and Bordeaux and blend it. Uh, You get New Zealand uh, Sauvignon Blanc, and then really new world Sauvignon Blanc, uh, California up through the west coast of Washington. And our Sauvignon Blanc style is not as mineral-toned as you get out of France, nor is it as sort of really racy as you get out of New Zealand. Uh, What we typically have is some higher acid and a lot of tropical food food.
1: It is delicious. It's very refreshing, and especially for us who are true Washingtonians and enjoying the summer, it has been... This has been decadent for us, just with the sunshine constant. And wines, it's funny, because you get used to certain kinds of wines. I think, typically, we're used to such cloudy weather. Reds are really easy for us to drink, and, and for those of us who go back both ways, I don't typically drink a lot of white, but this just is so touchy. It's it's perfect for a beautiful day. It's like really
3: it. nice, on a warm summer's day.
1: Most definitely. I was
0: going to point out, we've got, we've got a lot of awards for our Sauvignon Blanc. It's one of the wines that Matthews has really become known for. Certainly, the kind of the showcase wine that we have from the white side. Um, wine Spectator had rated it top 20 in the U.S., oh, three wow. years running just recently, um, and definitely considered one of the best in the state of Washington. So we're very proud of what we do with our, with our Sauvignon Blanc, and certainly if you're, if you're out on a boat <laughs> or if you're outside, this is a really good wine for the
1: summertime. Yeah, a formal dinner, a nice sit-down dinner, a casual barbecue. I like you're saying, out on the boat, this is beautiful. Keep it chilled. Keep, uh, yeah, uh, I noticed when you read in chilled. here, you're like, chill it, chill it. <laughs> Today's show is brought to you by Matthews Estates and the Pain Center of Bellevue. We're going to be chatting on socially savvy place to start, how to get started in your public social scene, um, and going over socially acceptable, unacceptable, and of course our socially savvy hints. Pop chips, thanks to the magic of popping, they found a way to pop all the flavor in while keeping fake stuff and at least half the fat of regular chips out. They take the finest natural ingredients, add a little heat and pressure, and pop. It's a chip. You can find them at a grocery store near you or online at www.popchips.com. Our uh, listeners today who show up get swag bags and they get to try the tortilla chip nachos and tortilla chip um, salsa from Pop Chips. So it's always fun to show up live to a taste. All right, so with that, we are going to go ahead and jump right in and start chatting with Mr. Brenton, very well known, again, for bonza bash and... Um, you're one of the founders or the founder of Shindig and I'm always hesitant because I've learned that a lot of times there's people in the back. <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, so I'm the founder for Shindig, the sole founder, and I'm the co-founder for Bonzo Okay.
1: Okay, okay. And I've been to the Bonzo Bash things and, and I remember when you were starting off the Shindig, I kept going, so tell me more about it. And you go, well, as soon as we get it rolling, so it is definitely rolling now. <laughs> it's
3: definitely rolling now, yeah. Uh, so we're actually, Shindig is a website that allows event organizers to publish events online and sell tickets. So that's fundamentally what we do. But our focus is really helping event organizers uh, promote and market their events. And so part of that is making it really easy for them to create a great branded and customized page. Uh, and also very easy for people to use, quick for them to buy tickets. Uh, In fact, we're using it to sell tickets to the upcoming All White Party this next week.
1: I'm really excited about this. This has been one of my favorite events, and I've had the pleasure, thanks to Mr. Jeff over here, of shooting the last couple of years that we're here on location. Um, And so that's why I wanted to get you guys together. I've had—it's funny—I've had a lot of people question and go, "Oh, how's this going to go?" Because you know, Matthews was such a great, you know, location. It was so grown-up and. And Bonza Bash, wow, that gets a little wild. You know you know how people get. <laughs> they get kind of funny. And I was like, no, 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 I know, Brenton. It's going to be fantastic. So I thought it'd be great to get you guys together and kind of tell us what sculpted the whole idea of getting together and changing location and um, doing something a little different with it.
3: Yeah, well, actually, um, Jeff, Brian, and myself met a few months ago now. Mm-hmm. And we were chatting about the event and we were chatting about Shindig. And we just got to brainstorming about you know what would be cool for the event and the kind of mentioned to me that it, the white party has grown so rapidly, huge, huge. it started off with four hundred people, then there was twelve hundred the next year, and then there was twenty one hundred
1: last year and something. yes
3: yeah i I've been to the last two white parties I missed the first one I think I was at, so a. but the last two ones were great and mm-hmm. uh it was it was such a good time, and it Matthews was a really great venue, but unfortunately it's just grown too big for Matthews. And so we got to brainstorming about some ideas about what we could do to to kind of find maybe an alternate venue but keep it keep it really cool. Like keep the same kind of cool feel that the party had, uh, to keep it very consistent but also to kind of take it to that next level. And so we got to chatting and um Jeff and Brian asked me if I'd like to kind of work with them on it. And um I was like, of course, yeah, I mean it's, it's a fantastic event and both Jeff and Brian are great guys to work with, so I was I was thrilled to be a part of it.
1: I'm really excited, like I said, for this. This has been one of those events that I look forward to. Um, getting to shoot it from the backside, it's always interesting to, to watch it while it's unfolding. You know, I'd see people showing up and then see the party progress. And then when everybody would leave, and, and as throughout the year, as my pictures would pop up for different events, I'd have people coming up to me going, now, when is the next one? Because I missed it this last year. I want to know. I, I work um, in a retail store, and all year I've had people coming up to me, now, what's the date? And so you guys had a date and then changed the date. So I'm like frantically going around telling everybody, the date changed, you have gotta go over here.
3: <laughs> the location. Changed.
1: The lo okay. well and I think the original date was a little bit different, but um but I had
0: we never had a we never had a Maybe it wasn't in date, concrete. Um and maybe just to add a little bit more color to the white party. I don't think Brian and I, or I ever expected it to grow to what it is today. I mean, we we, uh, Like I mentioned earlier, we became a, basically a family-owned winery in 2008, and we wanted to do something different in Woodenville. Like I also mentioned, there's a hundred other wineries in the area, oh, yeah. and we wanted to separate ourselves from what everyone else was doing. whatever What everyone else was doing was basically like jazz nights and yeah. appealing to a much different audience. And we thought, well, maybe we can move younger, a little bit more relevant, um, certainly more uh, social media. Friendly. Right. Um, and so we tried like an 80s party, we tried a um, yeah, number of parties, that yeah, Halloween also, parties. That and that and all bombs. <laughs> <laughs> Don't throw an all-denim party. Oh my god. <laughs> Even if you call it a okay. Canadian Tuxedo party, idea. it really doesn't oh do anything my there. <laughs> but then we kind of just stumbled into this all-white party. We were watching a, uh, uh, we were actually watching a Diddy music video and oh he god. does this all-white party in his, at his Hamptons place every year. I thought, that could be cool. It's certainly something that hasn't been done in Woodinville before. And I hadn't really seen it done in Seattle, although I had heard of other white parties around the United States. Um, I hadn't seen it really done on a a commercial scale or on a a large scale. And so, you know, we put up the event, invited a few thousand people, and like Brenton mentioned, 450 people showed up. And we thought that was it. We thought that was gonna be the white party. But then everyone asked, like, when is the next one? When is the next one? I didn't realize we were gonna do a repeat event in year one. Oh, wow. Um, and so by the time I heard from hundreds of people asking for the next the next one, we decided to roll it out for year two, and I thought it would be amazing if we had 400 people show up again. So when 1,200 people showed, showed up, up oh, yeah. and we had to move parking across the street and really kind of rearrange the eight acres that we we typically have events. So have that grow to 2100 and then for us to be talking to Brenton and actually needing to move it away from the winery and, and now we're going to be at Pier 66 on the Seattle waterfront. It's going to be has amazing. Had a lot of fantastic events. So I'm thrilled that it's grown to where it's grown to. Um, stoked to be working with Brenton. He's very professional and so savvy when it comes to organizing and operating uh, events. For this type of scale. Oh, yeah. And we love using Shindig as the uh, ticketing app. It's actually something that I wish we would have used previously for other events at the winery, but um, there's there, there's a lot of cool stuff going on right now. Definitely excited about the event.
1: I love it. I know one of my favorite things about the event was just that, um <laughs> you're going to laugh about this, but from a woman's point of view, that the thought of wearing white is indicative with the thought of losing weight. So those of us girls who would plan to come to your party, we'd be talking three months ahead. We'd buy our outfit, and the thing was, we had to fit it. So, because the last thing you want to try to do in Seattle is run around and get a white outfit the last week. Because I can't even tell you how many dozens of people contacted me, because I'm in retail, that week before going, I can't find anything white, and I'd yes. say... There's 2,000 people coming. Of course you can't find anything white. We have yes, bought I, everything white in Seattle.
3: I, I've fallen into that trap myself, actually.
1: <laughs> you I told everybody. You can't
3: anywhere. Like, yeah. All of the retail stores are sold out of everything white.
1: I bought, I bought my outfit two months ago, and I've told everybody who typically goes, if you're going to get something, get it now, because you will. It, indicatively, people will go tonight and tomorrow Trying to find something and help laugh. <laughs> I could look with it.
0: Yeah, uh, we. I heard from some people at Nordstrom usher that said they were out. Uh, yep. And totally that blew my mind. I couldn't believe that.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, you could find a white T-shirt, but it's like when that's the other thing it's that like I think is a lot of like fun. things
0: that they, maybe there not as many of. Yeah, you know. Right.
1: Well, and that's the other thing that I thought was really cool about this event. While I know that you said that you were originally trying to go after a younger crowd, um, I'm 44 this year. Right. And all of my social realm, because of the elevated presence that you guys gave. It had a feel of um, luxury while not being expensive, if that makes any sense. People came out and they they were, from what I heard, there were some ladies who actually had like $2,200 gowns on, other people who just had fun little summer dresses. You saw every kind of white that you could possibly imagine and style, and it was just so much fun.
0: I would say... Uh, most wineries cater to a 45 to 65-year-old demographic. Yeah. We were specifically targeting, like, a 25 to 45-year-old demographic. Uh, so when I say younger, I mean, I, I, that includes everyone right. up to 45. Yeah. I, I consider that younger.
2: And one of the reasons is just because, you know, Jeff and I, Brent, we all really enjoy wine. Right. The four of us right here. Oh, my God, Sitting yeah. in a winery enjoying <laughs> wine. we, You know, we can sit down and do that. But – a lot of our friends are just interested in wine. But they're not going to go sit down for a four-hour meat-and-cheese tasting. Right. Yeah, no, I agree. And we want to hang out with our friends. (laughs)
1: Hang out, dance, party, play. Yeah, so
2: part of the reason was, like, let's do an event where we can see our friends and have really good wine at the event, but it's not the focus of the event. And so for us, that idea is going to spawn some of these events. Like, we want to hang out with our friends. I love and that. that's kind of how this
3: all got started.
2: Well, think
0: about what we're competing against. Um, I mean, think about your typical Friday, Saturday night in Capitol Hill or in Fremont or in Even Bellevue. Yeah. Like the majority of our friends live in urban, urban population yeah. or, or in urban de- uh, areas. And to get them to drive out to Woodinville on a Friday night,
1: uh, that's...
3: Very challenging. Oh, so to you have to, get to, them to something to get crazy. Yeah. Only 100 of them out is extremely challenging. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yeah.
1: To get anybody out to, I mean, I've done shows here in Woodinville for two years, and I do them on a Monday. You know, typically there's not a lot going on Mondays. To get anybody to come, it it cracks me up because I don't know exactly where you guys live. I think you live in, the, both of you guys live yeah, in, in, Kirsten, in the area. Yeah, I'm in
0: Carnation, and Brian's in Bellevue.
1: I live in Carnation, so I'm used to 45, 50 minutes. If I want to go to something in Seattle, it's an hour for me. If I want to come over here, it's 20 minutes, Bellevue's, you know, 40 minutes. To me, driving isn't a big deal, but I what I realized was a lot of people. If it's more than 20 minutes, that's an adventure. We're talking put the cooler in the back of the car. This is a really big deal. So you're right in that you had to have a draw, and you guys nailed it. I mean, your draw was huge. Just people would rent limos. Um, they would meet with buses in Bellevue and take the bus over, do your party, and then go back into Bellevue for an after party. I mean, what you guys created just amazing. Just uh, amazing. amazing
2: now and the as it's grown, we've reached a point now where we needed somebody like Brenton, you know, with Bash and his perspective on just being able to, basically being able to orchestrate an event that this white party has become. We really needed somebody like Brenton to kind of come in and offer his perspective because you've been to the Bashes that they do. Oh, yeah. They are The New Year's Eve party. Fantastic. Yeah, Halloween. But at at that point, it's not like a house party anymore. you know, something a different. It's
1: a little elevated. So for those of uh, the fans who have been die-hard white party attenders, are what kind of changes or what kind of, what's going to be different? Is there going to be anything different other than it's going to have a roof over
3: Well, the first thing you should know is don't turn up to Woodenville <laughs> on the 23rd.
1: That would be really that bad. That would be a problem. Yes, yeah, so you want to be <laughs> in Seattle for the party.
3: Yeah, so I think the biggest change is obviously the venue. So we've moved it from Woodenville down to Pier 64. Uh, we tried to keep as many of the elements of the event very consistent. So the ticket price is still very low. It's $20. Um, so it's really inexpensive. That could be price. some of the best
1: entertainment you can get for twenty dollars <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, obviously, we're not on a winery anymore, but we are on the pier. So when it's meeting, everything's going to be outdoors, uh, which is great. So awesome. we're going to have like, the, the dance floor and you know, the food. Mm-hmm. We're going to have food trucks, just like we really did last year. And a whole bunch of really cool stuff. We're going to have some, a great DJ, a couple of great DJs there, um, you know, some lighting, some sound, the whole. World. So yeah, awesome. A lot of it's very, very consistent. Obviously, the locations are the biggest change. We have a few other bits and pieces, um, as we just want to continue to kind of take the event to the next level. But overall, it's going to be a very consistent experience to what people have had in the past. It'll be better. Yeah, I would actually. So,
0: I, in speaking to the diehards, if there are if there are some diehards, oh, there's th- we're there. Um, <laughs> it, it'll be better, and here's why I think it'll be better. Uh, for a lot of people, location um, in Seattle is going to be a lot more convenient. Oh, yeah. And I, I, the demographics of our of our party actually has been the majority of the people that have come to go for our white party commute from Seattle. So we move the party closer to the majority of people that attend this, anyways. Um, the hiccups that we had in years previous, and it's only because of how many people were were attending, and because our facility is only eight acres, and it, it makes it a real challenge. But there was a there was a real issue of trying to get everyone parked for the event last year. Yeah. Um, both just the uh, the amount of time that it took, and then just kind of the the hassle of actually getting cars in spots.
1: The dynamics of Woodville. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: yeah. So I I had heard from some friends, uh, unfortunately, that it took them. 45 minutes just to park,
1: oh, wow. and
0: I didn't anticipate that. And so the parking solution that we have this year is so much better. It would be very easy to park, very easy what to are cross skybridges to get into the event. What are you guys suggesting
1: for that? Are you suggesting there's a in,
0: There's a huge parking garage directly across the street from Pier 66 okay. with two different skybridges that bring you across to the facility. And I think it's six stories. Awesome. It'll be really easy for people to, to actually find parking and find parking quickly.
3: Yeah, I'd also add that if people want to take a cab or an Uber or a Lyft or a sidecar or any of those
1: kind of services, um,
3: most of those don't come out to Woodenville or don't have a great presence out in Woodenville. Right. So it's a lot easier to get any kind of, whether it's public transportation, whether it's I want to... uh, you know, drive myself and park, or whether it's
1: maybe stay in town,
3: yes, walk over. Uh, absolutely. Um, in fact, we're isn't working on. this is the
1: Marriott right away, right yeah, across the way. there's away? a bunch
3: of hotels that are really close, so okay. we're working on that. Hope to announce something later this week. Popular uh, special special deal for any all white party attendees who want to wanna stay downtown.
0: A couple other things I would add, just because I I think people would want to know this, and these are the questions that I get uh-huh. uh, on Facebook or on Twitter from friends that I know that are coming or by email, they, they ask about setting, so there's nothing more beautiful than watching the sunset over the Puget Sound. Oh, the I mean, p- yeah, with the water. I mean, it's incredible from Woodinville looking at it from the valley, mm-hmm. but we're literally going to be like feet water side. Oh, my God. Watching the sunset. Granted, the, the party's geared to be an outdoors party. Uh-huh. It's set specifically in the middle of August for a reason. For the heat. Uh, kind of, we want it to be like the end of... Summer, close out, amazing party, and we want it to be outdoors. We want to take advantage of the weather that only Seattle has in August, which I believe is just the best weather in the world. There's no humidity, It's 75 degrees, 80 degrees, just absolute perfect conditions. And people want to wear white and they want to be outside. And a lot of them want to be drinking chilled white wine. So that, I think, is added to the kind of the mystique of it. um, But also getting people into the party, there's going to be a lot better system of actually just checking people in Fortunately, with Shindig and the ticketing uh, app that we're using, that's going to be far, far easier to get people <laughs> in and get people in quickly. Last year, we were using PayPal and actually just kind of printed out guest list at the door. I've used PayPal. So looking that's through them and trying to find cool. it, And when you're yeah. looking for 2,000 names, even if it's alphabetical, that can be a You want to shoot yourself in your
1: head, yeah. So I think <laughs> things will be a lot more efficient. <laughs> I mean,
0: ultimately, people want to—they want to park, they want to get in quickly and they uh-huh. want to start partying. They don't want to be caught up in lines. So right. that's, that's a negative. And so what we've done is tried to alleviate a lot of that stuff and make people just get into the party to have fun.
1: Awesome. Okay, here's an odd question since it is on the pier and I know people who have boats. <laughs> is there going to be a place where people who have boats could maybe come in and, and more the boats? Do we know anything about that?
3: Not not directly on Pier 66. Okay. Uh, you can't actually do that with standard boats. It's, it's an active cruise terminal. Oh, so yeah,
1: that's right on the other if side. If you
3: happen to have a massive cruise ship, then you could probably figure something out there. Yeah. But otherwise, uh No. It's going to have
1: to walk, park somewhere else. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, there,
3: there could be, there's probably other places down along the waterfront there. where you. I was could just wondering if somebody <laughs> had
1: known, yeah. I just don't, don't
0: know about those. Know if if you, have you have a massive cruise ship, we may extend the party. There maybe you go. Like yeah,
1: <laughs> a, <master or> <laughs> a little weekend
0: all-white party. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's, maybe that's what
1: we're building up to here. Or <laughs> <laughs> well,
3: we'll just add that as another place. So we'll party on the boat, on the pier.
1: Well, I think the boat, the boat would definitely be the VIP line. That'd be sweet. <laughs> go. Yeah, go from from P- P- yeah anybody have a fabulous <laughs> cruise ship, definitely call us or um, message me, and, and I'll get you in contact with these guys. We'll set this up. <laughs> one uh, of
2: one the last thing that is just an extension of what we just talked about is the, the time. You know, We heard a lot of people who came out to the first few years and said, why is this ending at 10? Yeah. You know, it's just getting going. Uh, and I, I think that's been great for east side businesses. Because right. Taking everybody out of here at 10 o'clock has been great for Kirkland and Bellevue and Woodinville. Oh, yeah. I mean, there there's a lot of a lot of businesses that have benefited from that, uh, which makes us happy. Um, but this year, just given that we're in, given we're in Seattle now, we're in a different location. Uh, we can actually extend it, so we're going from 7 o'clock until midnight this year, okay. which is going uh, to be great. It's going to give people that many more hours to hang out and meet new people
0: to celebrate the summer. I love it. No mm-hmm. one wants a great party to end at 10. No, and we're no. we're handcuffed here in Woodenville because of noise ordinance. Right. And just the area that we're in, we have to be very sensitive to that. And we want to be very sensitive to that, but as a as an attendee
2: that Yeah, is you're just, just like, I just get so <laughs> Basically, we don't want our parents getting yelled at that our so. Oh yeah. <laughs> I could totally get that.
1: <laughs> so yeah, going until midnight is going to be amazing. Oh, this is going to be a blast. I'm really looking forward to it. Okay, so let's go ahead and try the second wine before we move on with things. Tell us a little bit about what it is we're drinking now.
2: We're drinking the 2011 Blackboard Red Wine. Now, this is Matthew's attempt, uh, because we're trying really, really hard with this wine, to give someone at a $20 price price point as much as we can fit into the bottle as possible.
1: Wow, that does not taste like a $20 wine.
2: So we're, this is really our shot to say, as an everyday bottle of wine, come pick this up, open it up, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, have a glass of wine or two out in, on your patio, on your deck, in inside. This is just an open it up and have around the house wine that we think just exceeds the twenty dollars
1: price point. Oh, I would definitely say, coming from, you know, I started wine studies, haven't finished anything, of course. Life keeps getting in the way. But uh, one of the things I know, okay, when you said $20, I almost fell out of my chair to start out with. It doesn't have what I call the $20 bite. (laughs) This is really, really smooth. This is fantastic. So
2: One of the things about 2011 that is cropping up in a lot of the red wines is that it's tough to put ourselves back. Before this summer, which has been fantastic, or last summer, which was even more fantastic. Oh, yeah. Uh, The 2011 summer was one of the coolest on record for Washington. And what that meant was here. Temperature wise. (laughs)
1: Yes. Not cooler than we loved it, it cooler than we were for (laughs) a reason. Uh,
2: So, what that means for wine is you're left with very low alcohol wines. And for whites, with with whites in general, that's really great, but with reds, it, it, it can be a challenge to make wines from a cool summer. And what is becoming sort of the wine vintage in Washington is the 2011 red wines because at our, this wine for us is 13.4% in alcohol. Wow. Now, if you look at the rest of our wines, that is very, very unique, because typically Washington wines across the board are 14% and higher. Typically, you see 13.4, 13.5 out of like Bordeaux in Italy. Like their weekday wines are in that 13%. So to have a 13% alcohol wine in Washington is very rare, and it's very nuanced and very easy drinking. I think mean, that, to me, of everything else we could talk about, with like this wine where it came from, all that, but just the 2011 red.
1: So can you explain that a little bit, because coming from, uh, you know, a, a listener who, you know, they obviously love to drink wine, what's the relevance in a 13 versus a 14-plus percent?
2: Uh, a lot of it has to do with the balance in the style you've made the wine in. So if you, let's, let's say you have a 15% alcohol wine. That can taste very alcoholic, like it can burn your nose or it can okay. taste very, very hot in your mouth if the wine isn't balanced with the rest of the components in the wine, with the fruit and just the overall structure of the wine. Now, thankfully, pretty much every year in Washington, you will get balanced wines that are 14 15% uh, alcohol. And it's not a huge factor. You don't notice that it's, you know, 15, one or 15 I or I've nev- It's
1: funny because that's why I wanted to ask the question because for me I've never noticed. I, I've but never even thought to really look on the bottle. I drink the wine and mm-hmm. I love it, I like it, or I never pick it up again. Okay. <laughs> As,
2: and because tip on average, typically Washington gets the food very ripe and the winemakers here across the board do a good job balancing Fantastic, the wine yeah. in, uh, in the winery. And I'm not just saying for Matthews or Kenner, uh, I'm just saying, across the board now, 2013 in Washington, lot of, there's a lot of really good wine out there. Yeah. Um, and so when it came to 2011, it was a really a, a big test for, I think, a lot of wineries to make a lower alcohol wine because that's just what the year gave you. It was cool. Gotcha. And the cooler it is, the lower alcohol you're going to get, typically. Um, just to make a, a still a balanced wine that didn't taste, if it wasn't just all fruit. You know, and like, it's okay. overly fruity and there's like no uh, structure no to that at all. Yeah. Okay. So for us, we're really proud of this wine. And, uh, and uh, it's, you, know, you look at every one of your wines and you think, okay, I, I really like that for this reason. I really like that for this reason. For me, and I think just across our winery, this represented, we're so proud of this wine because of that $20 per balance under under 13.5% alcohol, 134 just when someone tries this, they go, that's $10, I can open that on a Wednesday. Yeah, that's
1: exactly what I was thinking of because right. <laughs> i can, I can drink this any day of the week.
2: Share and, and just feel great about it. You feel wow. great about you're like opening up a, a Washington grown red wine that you love in a Tuesday.
0: your
1: So, where, where else can they get this particular wine besides here at the tasting List?
0: We distribute. Through Noble in the Greater Seattle area, they have locations all, all over the place: like restaurants, okay. uh, grocery stores, wine So check wine with your shop. favorite place if you live in the Yeah, okay. it's a limited production. Uh, we don't make a ton of it. Uh-huh. We make a we make a decent amount. It's been it's been one of our most popular wines of recent. It's a newer it's a newer label, kind of newer brand for us. The the blackboard label itself is, is actually our charity wine, so a portion of all proceeds go mm-hmm. to the Ackerley Foundation, which helps support local schools. My parents are are, are big advocates of, of giving back to the community, and uh, so we're, that's that's one avenue that we're able to do to do that. Our blackboard red wine label itself, there's a uh, there's a competition every year called the Seattle Wine Awards. Yeah, that and just happens Wines are submitted. Um, and then they're rated on a scale. Uh, given the highest honor is double gold, then it goes gold, uh, silver, bronze, and then you don't or you don't score. <laughs> and this blackboard red wine um, has scored double gold.
1: Oh wow! So
0: highest honor Congrats. that you can get. <laughs> it's in a it's in the category that it's that, that they judge it in. But we're really proud of just the response to this wine and and the feel of it. One other thing I would add, there's kind of two different types of wine drinkers. There's those that drink for purpose, and there's others that drink for pleasure. Right. Um, because it has bunk. a lower alcohol amount, it's not going to be suited for those that are drinking for purpose. But for those that are drinking for pleasure...
1: Oh, purpose. I was thinking <laughs> That's purpose is a
0: cause. I was thinking... <laughs>
1: okay, for those yeah, that are I drinking for pleasure, this is right <laughs> up your alley. I mean, this is really, really
0: well suited
2: for you.
1: I'm thinking purpose. It's like, oh, it's got a cost <laughs> behind it. That's such a great purpose. You know, that's why I'm going to drink it. It tastes good. It has a cost. Yeah, right. Okay. Sorry for all of you who are younger than 40. I did just dip out into the, yeah, well, I'm losing my mind. That's right.
2: Uh, as, <laughs> as we look at this wine and how much we have at the winery and how much is available, it looks like we're going to be sold out of this wine.
0: Sometime in November or December.
1: Okay, Mm -hmm. so can they go to your website and order it as well? Yeah,
0: matthewswinery.com. Fantastic. matthewswinery.com.
1: I love it. Thank you. The Pain Center of Bellevue, an integrated health clinic, provides medical doctors, pain management doctors, chiropractors, acupuncturists, massage therapists, and more. Using cutting-edge treatments, they can provide non-surgical solutions to pain management. Stop living with pain, call, and schedule a complimentary consultation with one of their top doctors today go to www.bellevuepaincenter.com. Don't touch my glove. <laughs> <laughs> I am one of those people that it is so hard for me to watch somebody pour out wine.
3: I was just thinking about that, and I thought... I struggle. If you actually own the winery, you probably would have to do It's that. like water. Well, yeah. For, well, for, and they taste so often, yeah. yeah. You'd, be, uh, you'd be perpetually...
1: Inundated.
3: for uh, or, know, or both.
2: <laughs> we, well, One of the things that we, when our family really got involved at Matthew's, is we noticed, and I, just uh, just being in the wine community, I've noticed that some winemakers and some winery owners they become beholden to the style that their winery makes, uh-huh. and over time, that the style of the, their business. Uh, their winery makes kind of out outpaces or takes a beer out off course from what the winery owner or the, or the winemaker enjoys. Oh, and okay. So what you'll, every now and then you'll find a winemaker or a winery owner that they don't enjoy. You'll notice that, like a party, when their wine is available, they're drinking something. They're else. gonna drink something else. Yeah. And so when we really got involved, we sat down with our winemaker, Aaron Morell, um, and we really told Aaron that as a family, you know, Jeff, Diane, Cliff, Scott, Brian, here are the type of wines that we would enjoy and we love. And we wanted him to not just be making wines that we thought as a business we could share and sell, uh, but... We wanted him to know what wines that we you guys enjoy. like because when we're at home, I want to look at a bottle of my wine and say, I want to open that. And so every year, I'm just, I'm I'm continually, I've become more and more proud of our winery because Aaron does a great job to make great wine, but it's wine that we as a family love.
1: Well, it's interesting too because, um, you know, with Socially Savvy, I'm constantly tasting wines every week. You know, we've got different wine sponsors for different shows um, where you get to go and cover the wine awards. And and so I get to taste literally hundreds of wines a year. And it's fun because there are certain wineries that, you're right, they they, they become very consistent in what they create. But with you guys, I'm always looking forward to that. What are they going to do next year? What's it going to taste like next year? Because although it's not completely different, there's always a new surprise in it for me. I, I love that. I love that. Well, let's touch base here. Let's start off on our topic before we get into our third wine tasting for today. Our topic today is how to get started in the public social scene. Um, a lot of people are either social or they're not. And one of the reasons why they're like that is because you kind of get caught up in a certain lifestyle. You figure, okay, you grow up, you get married, you have children, uh, your life kind of becomes wrapped around those children, and, and you stay very laterally focused it's like you're running a race you're in aisle one and this is the this is the the road you're going to run in um there are those of us however who like adventure and variety and can't sit still so we're that person who is running the race and we're going from lane one to lane four to lane eight to back to lane two um and, and we're traversing all of those and for some people they're like how do you do that How do you change from like for me from being a stay-at-home mom to going to work to running a show to going back to the kids baseball game there's there's a concept there of of mostly how do you behave what do you do Um, and so i started thinking about this when i broke into the social realm because for a long time i was a stay-at-home mom and very caught up in little league and all that Um, it was very discontenting because i didn't know what was expected and i didn't know how to proceed so I thought it would be fun to kind of touch base and uh, talk about a couple of things to help people who want to break into the the public social scene in a way that will allow them to continue growing and not feel so intimidated. Um, We always start off with hints. And so my first hint when you're getting into the public scene is be patient, watch, listen, learn, and be interested in those around you. I find that in our insecurities, we have a tendency to, and I'm going to mention this a little bit later, use our God-given faculties disproportionately. Um, we'll use our mouth twice as much as we use our ears. If we have one mouth and two ears. It should be the other way around. Um, especially when you're trying to get into something new. Uh, some of the old sayings come back to mind, you know, when in Rome do what the Romans do. The only way you know what the Romans do is if you stand back and watch. <laughs> so I always encourage people, if you're going to start going out don't don't hesitate to go out, but go out with the intention of maybe the first couple times of standing back, watching and learning, not necessarily being a wallflower, but definitely paying attention to the nuances of, of how the social scene is interacting for those particular types of events that you're interested in. Yeah, so my
0: tips on networking... And I always tell people this because uh, college kids ask me all the time, like, what's your secret? What's your secret? I say, stop networking. I
1: networking my, is my kindergarten. My whole thing is it's kindergarten with socializing.
0: Don't artsy. network. Just talk to the person next to you.
1: Just get to know people.
0: Ask questions. I feel like if you're just getting to know whoever's literally standing right next to you, I and love you just that. do that all night, you're gonna be just fine. I Even love you get that. You know people. The I I just think people are so turned off by agenda, and when you are. Thinking about networking, you're kind of, like, forcing yourself into an agenda of, like, i got to get to know this person, i got to get to know that person. Right. It's very off-putting. And so I've always just told people, look, I've never networked a day in my life. I've gotten to know a few people, but I've always just talked to whoever's standing right next to me. A few mm-hmm.
1: thousand.
0: Yeah, but there's people always in there. There's people standing right next to you all the time. You yeah. can just ask them, like, hey, how are you doing? Where are you from? What's your story? It kind of, like, goes from there.
1: My middle child actually taught me that. When he was five, six years old, he he'd standing in the Starbucks line, and you know, he's like here, and everybody, he looked up and said, so what do you do for work? And I'm looking at my husband, and I'm like, okay, he's better at this game than we are. <laughs> but no, it's very true. Um, one of the things that we've talked about on the show before is, uh, to me, and I don't mean to offend anybody, I really don't, but to me, networking is kindergarten. It's a place to start, um, you're gonna be clumsy, you're uh, probably going to frustrate people, in networking scenarios because people are so caught up in making their point or, or getting you to know them that they forget what the true, you know, the true spirit of everything is getting to know people, engaging people. Uh, when was the last time that you really walked away from the event going, oh, I really like them because they talk nonstop and never shut up and I never got to say anything? You don't. You usually walk away from that person going, I hope I never see them again. Not that they weren't a nice person, but God, that's just too much. It's, it's learning that balance and, and socializing. True business, all the best business deals come from true socialization if a connection is made at the right place at the right time.
3: Yeah, it's definitely all about relationships. Yeah. The other thing that I would say is find something that you're interested in. If you like wine, then you know, seek out some wine events yeah. and go to them. Because if you... Let's say if you didn't like wine for some reason and you're hanging out at one event. you're not really going to get to connect with people based on the purpose of that particular event. So you're going to totally be struggling a lot more. Because so if you like wine or if you like hiking or if you like uh, you know, whatever it is, whatever the case may be, uh, I would say seek out those kinds of events and try and go somewhere where you're going to be able to have a good time. Like as that. opposed to other venues or whether it's a location, a venue, or a type of event that maybe you're not that into, then there's not much point being there. You might as well be somewhere you don't have
1: Almost to. Oh,
3: My recommendation for those
0: things is always go by yourself. Because if you go with a friend, you can you just crutch never, on your yep. friend the entire night and never get to know anyone new. So think if you're going to go to an event for the purpose of getting to know people, go alone.
1: Be strong. <laughs> <laughs> Scanner Nordstrom Gallery, located in the heart of downtown Bellevue, across from the Hyatt and Joey's, is a perfect place to check out four-way to make your house feel like a home. By art, it makes you feel better. Let's go ahead and chat here. Um, I was about, oh, we've got to finish drinking our wine before we can go there next. Oh, no. No, that's four. Oh, yeah. We're ready for number three. <laughs> <laughs> the evil, the evil. Hey, the minion. The minion. Yeah, that's because you drank it.
3: <laughs> I was only halfway through this. LB, on the other hand, finished trades off a long time ago.
1: Hey, I did not know. This is the new one. This is the new one. It
0: is. (laughs) This is how it is.
2: So, we're starting on the 2010 claret. Uh, Now, the claret for us at Matthews is our first priority from a blend standpoint. Um, This is a blend of a little over half. Cabernet Sauvignon. Uh, there is 21% uh, Merlot into this, but 20% Cab Franc, and then the rest is Petit Bordeaux. Very traditional yummy. Bordeaux, <laughs> Bordeaux <laughs> blend. And the difference between you know, this wine and the previous wine is that from a class standpoint, from a structure standpoint, from a tannin standpoint, from a volume standpoint, this just moves into a place that's a little bigger, broader, more masculine.
1: Mouth. I would say it's it's very mouth-filling. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, you heard the little, the bags popping. We're popping open bags of pop chips, the lemon chili, and the salsa. Mm-hmm. To <laughs> One of the things I love about your wines is I feel like I can drink them and eat anything. Popcorn, chips, pizza, uh, seven-course meal. It, it seems like the, the palate of your wine is very broad in what it can um, pair with.
0: I would say that pop chips are delicious. <laughs> they probably aren't the best thing to compliment wines with, but they are absolutely delicious.
1: I so would say, yeah, I'm a huge
0: advocate, <laughs> and I buy them regularly, <laughs> especially the barbecue ones. Uh, but if you're looking for
3: a wine
1: a pairing, pairing yeah, I, no, I, I don't would know say if pop chips
0: would be our first recommendation.
3: <laughs> I, would, I would say the salt and vinegar pop chips are my favorite. I'm not sure how they'll go with the wine, but. <laughs> But
0: yes, we, I do do, we do make our wines to go with uh, a variety of different cuisines, dishes, etc. A lot of so that I has
3: to do with
2: Washington being just su- such a great place to drive higher acid in both red and white wine. Uh, and you just get a lot of really great options from a food standpoint when you have wines with...
1: Well, it's funny, too, talking about acid when you're talking about wines for newer people, uh, they get a little bit concerned like that they're going to have a lot of bites. Um, one of the things I always try to tell people is when you're learning about wines or trying wines or listening to winemakers and wine um, owners talk about their wines, don't be concerned about the verbiage that they're using. They're using it because it's a description of the purpose of, of, of what is in the wine. It doesn't necessarily mean that it has a very acidic taste to it. This one particular is where you can taste that boldness in the back. It's not overwhelming. It doesn't, it, it would, this one would be fantastic to pair with. i think dozens and dozens of different things. It has a lot of, um, this wine to me seems very open. It doesn't seem very constrictive, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the things that we try to, when someone comes in our tasting room or they're sitting down at a winemaker dinner with us, we try to make sure that when people try our wines, it's not a graduated MBA program. Okay. <laughs> the wine that you put on in your on your tongue, in your palate, is the same wine that somebody who's a master sommelier or someone that's trying wine for the first time. Yeah. The the difference is just the context of it all. But every single person experiences wine the exact same way. So you're not, you don't need to, like, like, graduate into being able to experience wine. You're experiencing it. I mean, when you get it in your mouth, it's the same experience I get. And that's actually one of the more more communal aspects about wine is when you have it, you can actually talk to the person next to you. You can talk to anybody at the party because you're all experiencing the same thing. You're all on common ground.
1: Well, and I've noticed, too, um, Passport was one of my first educations with really understanding how – Broad a spectrum. You, I would see over and over again 22, 23, 24 year olds standing next to a 60, 70 year old in the same teaching room drinking wine. Uh, one to be dressed very you know modestly, another one very you know eclectic. And the wine brings the point where they can talk and, and they're having a good time. It was it was some of the most amazing um, people watching I've ever done. It, 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 everything about personality, um, age, everything just kind of dissipates become about the wine. So,
2: in this wine for us, the claret is our most age worthy blend from Matthews. So, it's something that you can buy, you can open it up and give it, you know, a, a 15 20 minute decant and it'll, it'll be drinking well. It's something that you could lay down for 10 years and it would be drinking really, really well, also.
1: I got so almost the whole case last year and I have to tell you, I was really hoping to fit on it. Yeah, that didn't happen. <laughs> it did not happen. <laughs> I drank all of it every last bottle.
0: <laughs> Something I'll point out, for for whatever reason, I mean, in business, your products and the demand of your products or your services ultimately are dictated by the market. And our winery has become known for the claret. Um, I don't yeah. think that was ever intended. I I if you would reverse this fifteen years or whatever and ask, you know, what is really gonna be kind of your like flagship wine. Well, we weren't (laughs) involved obviously at that point, but even since 2004, 2003 or so, um, it's been interesting to see the massive brand move to being first identified by our Claret, and then possibly our Sauvignon Blanc and then others after that. Mm -hmm. More recently, our Blackboard label but claret seems to be the one wine that everybody knows the, uh, those that know our winery they're
1: like oh first yeah, know I've of our claret yeah. they're like
0: oh the red blend yeah. the claret and, like, and you know a lot of people mispronounce it they'll say the claret or they'll oh, like say yeah. it's french down in. <laughs> in, in, in claret <laughs> it's an english term but um it's what our it's what our winery has become known for it's a wine that we're
1: quite proud of we think it's a very good price point get it